SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thanks to Seeking the Money Web team. Back again, 6 p.m. tomorrow evening. Lots to get through on tonight's show. We'll be chatting some rugby. We'll also chat Nedbank Cup football and mountain biking. Before that, though, big football to look forward to tonight. Uh, heaps of action in the Apsa Premiership. And I think the pick of those fixtures uh, is the match that's taking place just around the corner from where I'm sitting right now at the Cape Town Stadium. Uh, it is Cape Town City up against Kaiser Chiefs, a top of the table clash and city coach Eric Tinkler says they know they're in for a tough match against the Glamour Boys but as a team they've progressed past the point of no return. We've reached the stage of the season now and we've got absolutely nothing to lose. We need to throw everything out there to to try and win as many points as possible and, and try and go for the league if we can. And the first obstacle is obviously going to be Chiefs and so, you know, we've got to be highly motivated, we've got to be extremely disciplined, we've got to have good work ethic uh, in a game that's going to be very tough against a team that's, that's a very, very good team. Kick-off 7.30 tonight, the other fixtures tonight, Bitvest Vitstake on Supersport United, Sundowns host Ajax Cape Town, Golden Arrows travel to Polokwane City, Bloom Celtic welcome Highlands Park and Chip United face Maritzburg United. On to cricket, Quinton de Kock has dominated the nominations list for the 2016-17 Cricket South Africa Awards. He's been nominated as SA Cricket of the Year, Test Cricket of the Year, One Day Cricketer of the Year, as well as uh, picking up a nomination for the KFC Award of Excellence. In addition to that, he secured his peers' vote as SA Players Player of the Year and could also be a contender for the South African Fans Cricketer of the Year. So big, big awards uh, on the cards there for the young Quinton de Kock. Other nominees for Cricket of the Year, Faf Duplessis, Kahisa Rabada and Imran Tahir. That is the big awards. Uh, it's all taking place on the 13th of May at a gala dinner. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat some Nedbank Cup. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. On to some football now. And Orlando Pirates defender Ayanda Ngaba says it doesn't worry him that they'll face Golden Arrows away from home in the Nedbank Cup semi-finals, saying he's confident they'll do well as they have an impressive away record in the tournament. The Buccaneers, who secured their round of 32 and 16 victories away against ECBs and Free State Stars, respectively, were pitted against the first-time semi-finalists at the tournament's semi-final draw, which was held in Randburg, Johannesburg last night. Ngava says they'll be highly motivated against the Durban-based side as they now have regained their confidence. We are playing away against uh, Eros, and for us, you know, playing away, is, it's, it's always been good, you know, because we, we always win, you know, so hopefully on the day, everything goes well, and the guys are going to be highly motivated, you know, and since we've been winning a couple of games now, and we've, we've been a bit consistent, you know, in terms of winning games, it's just that we, we drew against uh, Highlands Park, but then it never put any kind of disturbance or anything, but then we, we soldiered on, and then we were able to focus on the uh, following game, and then we played, and then we won, so for us now is to just focus on the league, and then we wait until uh, the semi-final comes, and then we, we focus on it. 
having been eluded by the MTN8 and Telcom knockout, and with the APSA Premiership title beyond their reach, the Nedbank Cup is Pirates' only remaining chance to salvage something this season. Ngaba says this makes the tournament even more important for the Buccaneers, adding their focus is also on ensuring they finish the season within the top eight. More than anything, it's hunger, you know, because it's the only silverware that is left for us, you know, because uh, we know that now we won't be able to win uh, the league, you know, it's just for us uh, to be uh, on the top eight and then we, we focus uh, on the cup and then for us to reach the final and then we, we see how things go, you know, but then we know that uh, the Rose won't be an easy side, you know, because we know that they are playing, you know, they, they are a bit direct, but then we, we just have to, to like, uh, prepare well for them, you know, for, for, for us to, to see ourselves in the, in the final. Pirates saw off Bloom Celtic 2-1 at the Orlando Stadium this past Saturday to book their spot in the final four, while Arrows went through courtesy of a 1-0 victory over Platinum Stars at the Princess Mogogo Stadium on the same day. Arrows defender Leslonolo Nonyane says being drawn at home gives them a big advantage over the Sea Robbers. I believe it does a, a, a fair draw, considering it's our home game. Regarding, it doesn't matter who we're facing, as long as we're playing home game, I think it favours us. Actually, when the season started, uh, mostly the, 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 the cup games were, was not our power. It was our power it was making, making sure that we stay in the top eight. So, so far, so good. As, as you can see, we're already in the semi-final. The coach only told us that since we're in the semi-final, we just have to make sure that we reach the final, even go as far as winning it and then stay also in the top eight. That will be a good season for us. At the draw, the Premier Soccer League also announced that the final of the tournament will be played at the Moses Mabida Stadium in Durban. Nonyane says if they reach the finals, it'll be another massive advantage for them, as they'll once again be playing in front of their home crowd. I think for us to be playing Olona Paris in the semi-final, I think... It, it will do good. It will do us good since really it's our home game. So I believe we just have to go in there and prepare very well for this game. Yeah, I, I believe again playing home now it, it will give us the upper hand against Holland Paris because winning this game again it will, it will be a good thing again for the supporters of of, uh, of Devon to see us winning the, the semi final and playing again at home in the final. Supersport United defender Clayton Daniels highlights how imperative the Kiona title is after his team were drawn against Chipper United in the Nedbank Cup semi-final draw in Johannesburg last night. The defending champions advanced into the last four of the competition after a thrilling penalty shootout against Kaiser Chiefs at the FNB Stadium on Saturday evening. Meanwhile, the Chili Boys managed to edge Domo Cosmos 1-0 at the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium to reach the semi-finals this past week. Well, it's an outside chance. Uh, if, if we don't, if we don't go all the way in the league, you know, the, this is the other trophy that we must maintain. This is our trophy. I think the coach mentioned it. You know, you can't come into someone's house and take the jewelry out of the jewelry box because it's in my box now. So uh, we want to try to maintain it right there because we're the defending champions. And uh, yeah, with the coach, with these uh, issues and with Bafana, you know. We can just remain focused on our business, the beds, super sport, and that's it. The 32-year-old welcomed the draw and credits the Chili Boys' performance in the current campaign. Yeah, interesting, interesting. You know, uh, Chipa United, they've been doing well. Uh, the last uh, few games you've been watching them play. So, uh, yeah, interesting game. But, uh, yeah, part of our journey, like I said, uh, on to the final. 
With Chipper hosting the Twane side, Daniels points out reasons he would have preferred to be playing on their home turf. I was hoping that we, we, we can get a home draw uh, so that we don't travel so a lot. As you know, we've been going to Africa, we've been all over the show, but uh, once again, it's part of our journey, part of our way to, to reach the final. If we have to go away, all our games in the Nedbank Cup, I think it was away. If you get to so, the final. Yeah. Meanwhile, United striker Katlejo Mashejo expresses how much it'll mean for his club to lift the Kiona Trophy. I mean, not, not necessarily only for this season, but you know, for the for, for the history of the club. Also, this this will be the first major trophy for the team. I mean, and, and people are going to look at this after four or five years and say, oh, this bunch of, of players or this group of players won a trophy for this team. So, but that's motivation in itself. And if you're not motivated by that uh, and you're playing football, then there's nothing that's going to motivate you other than, you know, you always want to do well, you always want to win cups. And whether you win your first cup for this club, it's, it's something that we want to do. Mashejo indicates that playing against Matsatsante in the last four is good for his club and adds that the last four remaining teams are worthy of being in the semis due to their performance this season. I mean, it's a good draw, like I said. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's four teams that deserve to be here, so whoever you draw, you have to be. I mean, you have to be ready for that. So it's, it's, it, it, I think it's a good draw, and it's, it's four teams that equally deserve to be here. And, We'll see how it goes, but we'll definitely want to play in the final. Are you afraid of some animal or challenge and want us to help you overcome it in a fun-filled way? Well, Matthias and myself invite you to join us on a fun-filled adventure that might also cure your fear and change your world. You don't have to be young, fit or even strong, only want to live a little. Go to www.sabc2.co.za and you could partake in our next authentic adventure. This Thursday night on Top Billing, we witness a power play between the dueling stars of generations. Chris discovers a charming Greek villa in Mozambique. John Halpern shows director of photography prepare a party for his daughter and clinks glasses with the owner of a vibrant local brewery in the heart of Soweto. Join us as we celebrate real lives transformed by Freedom Day on Top Billing this Thursday night, 8.30, repeat Sunday at 1 on SABC3. The stage is yours. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. This is South Africa's news and information leader. And uh, there's just so many mountain bike races uh, all across the country. Big one happening uh, as we speak. Uh, the cyclists making their way down to Scottborough, all part of uh, the old mutual Joburg to see. But there's one coming up. Uh, it takes place on the weekend of the 5th of May. It's called the Gravel and Grape Mountain Bike. There's extreme and an adventure. One's a three-day, one's a two-day. But uh, time to chat a little bit more about it and find out uh, what's going to be happening. And it's a great pleasure to welcome the organising committee chair, Peter Carstens, onto uh, SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Peter, welcome. Thanks for, for joining us tonight. Thanks, Brad. It's a privilege uh, to, um, to, to, to speak with you. Peter, not long to go now, obviously, as a, uh, the, the chair of the organising committee. I appreciate you taking the time to chat to us because I know what it's like and, and what goes into events like this. Uh, it's just around the corner. All systems go. Everything in place. Yes, um, as you know, with the events like this, the, you, you can never have enough uh, measures in place, but we are working full steam. Um, most of the organizing committee are farmers and winemakers, um, so all the wineries are involved, all the, most of the producers in the area are, are involved, and 
Most of them have just finished their harvest, and we in the in the cellars are still busy finalizing the wines. So it's 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 our normal job as well as gravel and grape, and that's why it's so special because we um, have a very nice wine and grape feel to the event as well. Yeah, it's a it's a, a wonderful combination. Tell us a little bit about where the the event takes place. Sort of what what sort of area of the country the the, the cyclists are going to be riding through. Yeah, the the Bredekloof wine region is situated uh, between uh, Paul and Wooster. Uh, it's the area of Houdini, uh, Rosendal, Slanghoek and Breeder River. Um, it's one of the newest um, uh, demarcated wine regions in South Africa, but also one of the most hidden gems uh, of the wine industry. Uh, because you only drive through it on the N1, so you just you, you normally don't don't get off and, and visit the wineries. But um, it's 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 some of the wineries in the country that produce some of the most prestigious wines. Peter, also I mentioned the, the two events. There's the three-day extreme and the the two-day two-day adventure. Tell us a little bit about uh, the the extreme. Let's start with the the, the big one. Let, tell us a little bit about that and and what it entails. Yeah, it's the third year that we um, that we hosting the the extreme. Um, it is a longer event than, than the adventure. We, we actually brought in the adventure last year um, for, for people that are not that experienced uh, and people that, that, that will come in and have more fun than, than it is really a, a race for them. So the adventure is, is a two-day uh, event, so I'll maybe speak about that first. Uh, and that is on the Saturday and the Sunday, uh, the 5th and the 6th of May. Um, it is... Uh, a race which is um, not as long as I said. That is uh, 35 kilometers on the on the on the first day of the adventure, and 484 meters of ascent. And on the second day, they have a 35 uh, kilometer uh, with with almost the same ascent. But the extreme, which is the actual uh, main event where a lot of um, uh, elite riders are also taking place. There we have a 66-kilometer uh, stage on the first day, where, which will also bring them almost 1,500-meter uh, or 1,500-meter ascent on, on the first day with that 66-kilometer. Uh, on the second day, it gives them a 65-kilometer uh, and 1,200-meter ascent, and on the third day, it will give them a, a 50-kilometer um, uh, route with, with almost the same ascent again. But um, it takes them in a cloverleaf format uh, and is um, starting and finishing from the Houdini Spa Holiday Resort. So the, the start and finish is at the Houdini Spa Holiday Resort every day, except on the first day where the extreme starts at Burta Kelder, which is um, about 20 kilometers from Houdini Spa. Uh, but that is just to make the route a little bit easier, otherwise they had to do another 20 k's. But um, it certainly brings them in the different uh, areas of our region where we have different areas to produce, produce different wines. We, the, the riders can experience these different areas and, and, and uh, experience the entire Bredekloof area in its full capacity. Peter, there's, as I mentioned in the introduction, there's lots of these sort of multi-day stage races popping up uh, around the country. This, this, yours has been going, this is in, into its third year for the extreme. What makes this one different? Why, why should people come to, to, to yours as opposed to someone else's? Yeah, it's interesting that some, some elites that have done this before 
and also some media people with, who, who have done it um, describe it as, as bringing mountain biking back to its roots. Um, and that is because we really have uh, hand-carved single tracks, which at some places are quite rugged, but at other places are so rewarding with regards to the view that you can experience and also the fanboys that you can ride through. And the next moment you experience some some uh, vintage that you're driving uh, riding through, uh, and and then also you 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 have this very special views that they are, but. Which makes it a little bit different is that we have a quite a, a large uh, component of of um, empowerment that which we try to involve with this entire uh, race, and that is we we have um, farm workers, which is mentored by one of the one of the farm managers to 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 build these tracks, um, and some of them is also um, uh, grow in such an extent that some of them are being granted uh, opportunity. To, to ride the race and being sponsored by by Bredeklof, uh Wine Region to to take part. So these guys have really they, they started out at about three or four of them, and now there are more than ten of those farm workers that build these tracks um, on their free time, uh, and they really become very much um, enthusiastic about it, uh, and and that makes them uh, also very good followers of the sport of mountain biking. So we, we're trying to expand this very much, and, and on, uh, despite this one empowerment project, we also make use of, um, of, of one of the uh, um, uh, charity organizations in the area called the Rosenberg Freiburgers, who are doing the catering, uh, and, and they are also do a lot of work again, uh, towards upliftment in, 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 in different um, Causes or for different causes in in the valley. Peter, I think it's. Uh, I love the fact that there is a, an empowerment aspect. I wanted to ask you about it, but uh, you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think it's it's great that local communities are involved. Often, mountain bikers end up in these uh, sort of far out places and and don't really sort of make an impact uh, on the local community. But uh, your race, the Gravel and Grape, is doing exactly that. If you want to find out more, the website to get to is gravelandgrape.com. It's all taking place uh, the weekend of the fifth of May. Peter, obviously, entries open. If somebody's listening to this and they are quite a keen mountain biker they're going to be in the, in the Western Cape or wherever in the, and they, they want to come down. Can we still pick up entries? Yes, we, we, we so much want to do that. Um, but, you know, with, with all of this, there, there's always a logistical um, uh, problem and, and we need to know beforehand. So we actually took in some uh, late entries until yesterday. But, yeah, if they are really uh, serious, maybe we can try and make a plan. But I, at this point in time, I really can't promise. But, yeah, they, they, they can uh, get in touch with us, and we can see if we can uh, arrange that. No, no worries at all. But I'm telling you now, if you're a mountain biker, pencil this into your calendar for 2018. Uh, the views and the vistas are absolutely incredible. It's a beautiful part of the country. Uh, and, uh, yeah, check it out. The website, once again, gravelandgrape.com. Peter Carson, thank you so much for your time this evening on SAFM Sport Trap. Best of luck for the final run-in and uh, the race event weekend itself. Thanks, Brad. We hope to see you guys there as well. Choose to go through the toll plazas quicker this Easter. Open a Sunroll account, get a tag, and use the tag-accepted lanes at most toll plazas in SA to pay your toll. It does not cost you more. Call 0800-726-725 for more details. Sunrail, Beyond Roads, an agency of the Department of Transport. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. 
Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch on social media, uh, you can reach out at SAFM Radio or you can reach out to me personally as well at Big Brad Brown. Well, I get a ton of emails on a daily basis from uh, various sporting folk across uh, the country. Uh, telling me about what's happening uh, across uh, the, the, the sort of sporting landscape. And one popped into my inbox today that piqued my interest because I remember seeing uh, a campaign a while ago uh, that really sparked my interest. I'm a massive rugby fan and I love what this rugby club is doing and what it stands for. And uh, I thought, you know what, they've got something cool on the go. Let's chat to them. And we have spoken to them on SAFM before. And it's uh, a great uh, pleasure to welcome uh, Chris Ray, who is the chair of the Josie Cats Rugby Club in uh, in Gauteng. Chris, welcome on to SAFM Sports Rap once again. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brad. Thank you so much for your time. Chris, tell me a little bit about the Josie Cats. For somebody who's never heard of them, it's uh, it's a rugby club, but with a difference. Yes, we we Africa's first gay and inclusive competitive rugby club. Uh, the club was started uh, nearly two years ago, and um, we were yeah. The, the chairman at the time came came through to to me. I work in public relations. And he said, look, we've, we've got this great thing going, South Africa obviously being one of the powerhouses in, in rugby in the world. We're one of the, the few countries in the world that don't have a gay and inclusive rugby club. So we need your help to build awareness to let people know that there is a safe space where regardless of your sexual orientation, we don't ask, we don't ask the guys to disclose. There is a place for you to come and be yourself that's safe and inclusive that's harassment-free and gives you the opportunity to learn if you don't, if you haven't learned rugby before, and also play rugby as well. So, yeah, that's that in a, that in a nutshell is, is what the Jersey Cat is about. I think it's important. I played rugby growing up, and it's a, a very, I mean, there's no, no two ways about it. It's a very masculine, sort of hardcore environment to be in. And, I mean, just by nature of numbers, if you look at if you look at rugby and, and it's not just a, a rugby issue it's a, a football issue there's there's very little opportunity for for guys to come out in an environment like that because it's just not the done thing and and like you're saying it's uh, the club is is all inclusive you don't ask people to disclose their uh, their sexuality it's just a, a great place to play you're obviously gay and you weren't a rugby fan but through this campaign you've been sucked into the game which I think is fantastic and you're now cheering the club and you're not just cheering the club but you're taking a team overseas You'd all leave on a, on a trip tomorrow, not the entire club, because you've got 60-odd people who are members of the club, but a, a group of you are heading over for, for a wonderful opportunity. Yes, it's amazing. Every, every two years, I mean, there, there are a lot of gay and inclusive rugby tournaments um, around the world, and every two years there's the Union Cup, which is for only European uh, for clubs that are based in Europe. This year it's in Madrid, and we, we got a call from, from the Madrid Titans who are hosting it, and they said, so is there any chance that you guys can, can come overseas? And we, we kind of talked about it amongst the clubs, thanks to the amazing support from Exclusive Books, who have come on board as our lead sponsor for both the, the, touch, the touch team and also for the contact team. And we're now, for the first time in the history of, I guess, the world, going to be fielding uh, a gay, inclusive rugby club from Africa at Broken Protocol, and we're going to be running out onto the field as the exclusive of Jersey Cats World 15. It's amazing. Uh, and you say Broken uh, Protocol. It's, it's the first time a non-European club is going to be allowed to play in the storm, which is, which is massive. Uh, it, it's huge. It's an, an incredible honor, and obviously like, we, we're incredibly nervous, but I mean, the guys have been practicing really, really hard. In fact, they should be warming down now, yeah, if I look at the time. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of pressure, but we want to go and just, and just see what the, what the, the level of gay inclusive rugby is around the world, and it'll be inter interesting to see how we fare against some of the best 
best game troops of tribes in Europe at the moment. Chris, one of the things you said to me uh, in the build-up to this interview, or fair, was when you got involved, you looked at the, the, the club as a whole, and, and they were struggling for numbers and to attract players, and you looked at the club, and, and you thought to yourself, none of these guys look gay, and that's, and that's probably one of the big things. Uh, I mean, it's, it's almost this juxtaposition between being gay and playing rugby, but it doesn't have to be. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool sport. You're a cool bunch of guys, and uh, how have you been sort of accepted into that environment? Uh, we've been accepted incredibly well. I mean, we always say that we are a people association first and a, and a sports club second, and that's, that's really what this is about. Here are, here are lads from all walks of life, all sexual orientations, who are united through their love of the game, and that is, that is amazing. I mean, there are conversations that are taking place all over, all over the world, and especially in South Africa, about diversity and transformation and inclusivity, and here, and here we are in our own little way doing our best to making sure that those conversations still keep happening and, and it's important that those conversations happen. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the sort of diversity in South Africa. There's lots of things that don't get spoken about that should get spoken about. And sport has, has played a massive role in, in the history of our country, unifying people. And, and we need to, to use it as a tool to talk about subjects that maybe some people are uncomfortable talking about. Absolutely. And I mean, even when it comes to, you know, to, to homophobia in sport, I mean, our, one of our biggest campaigns that we're embarking on now in both Nismas, we've got our touch guys going through to Nismas to the Pink Lurie Festival, and then obviously the contact guys going through to, to the Union Cup. It's all about blowing the whistle on homophobia in sport. I mean, you have to remember that homophobia you know, in sport, homophobia seems to be one of the last places where it's still acceptable. And I mean, when we did the Rugby That's So Gay campaign, I mean, the the kind of shade that got thrown on us ranged from the jocular humor, which is like, well, you couldn't be any more gay than the Springboks right now, which we all kind of understand and you laugh at, but that still is unacceptable because for somebody like me who's got a fairly thick skin, I can laugh that off. But for other members in the club, that's really offensive. It's the kind of prejudice that they had growing up and often, and often it was a, the reason that they never actually got to play the game. Mm. You've taken up the game later in life. You, you're in your early 40s. I mean, you never played growing up. Playing now as an adult, how are you finding it? Well, I've been to the physio three times in nine days, so <laughs> I don't know if that makes a difference. Um, it's amazing. We, we've got great coaches. There's a lot of support. We've just moved to Diggers Rugby Club in Randburg, and they've been incredibly supportive from uh, giving us access to their facilities, to equipment as well. And as the, as the relationship with them gets stronger and stronger, hopefully we can start tapping into their skills and their, and their coaches and that as well. So it's early days, but they've been incredibly welcoming and yeah, welcome us with open arms. As far as the club, what are some of the challenges you're facing? Uh, excuse me, what is that? Uh, what, what are some of the challenges you're currently facing as a, as a, as a club? Um, I'd say right off the bat, the fact that we're coming into winter <laughs> and uh, the temperatures on the field, obviously, at like half seven in the morning are quite, uh, yeah, are quite challenging. But I think generally we manage challenges as they, they come up. You know, we're 60 lads at the end of the day, so you're going to have to you know, manage personality types. But to be honest, Brad, at the end of the day, these guys just really seem to get on. They're there. They're passionate. They're there when they need to be. Um, and they're really committed. I mean, the transformations that we've seen in the personalities that have, that have come through to the club and have joined, I mean, the guys that never thought they would play rugby have always 
Some from a rugby family would watch, you know, would watch the Lions or the Stormers or, or the Springboks on a Saturday and never thought they would be in that position to actually then go back to their parents and say, wow, I'm actually, I'm a rugby player now and this is what I do. And the response um, from, from, from that side of the club has been overwhelming. It's very humbling. Well, Chris, safe travels to you and the rest of uh, the lads that are heading over to fly the flag for South Africa. Best of luck. We, we look forward to seeing how you guys do progress. If you want to find out more about the Josie Cats, how, how can they reach out? If they want to, if they want to start playing, if they want to uh, come and join you for practices or matches, what's the deal? Um, all our information is on, on our Facebook page, which is just Josie Cats. We've also got josiecats.co.za. So on Monday nights, we've got a power hour uh, fitness session, which is looking at uh, wellness and well-being um, with a lot of like core uh, workouts. On Tuesday, we've got uh, contact practice. Wednesday is touch practice. Thursday night, we've got our touch matches and then the contact guys practice again on Saturday mornings. And I'm sure you can get us great deals on physios. Oh, yes. I have the best physio in the world. So, Terry, <laughs> if you're listening, yeah, I'm sending people your way. She's amazing. Hardcore, but amazing. <laughs> I love it. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time. Safe travels. We look forward to catching up again soon. Take care. Awesome, Brad. Thanks for the support. SAFM Sports Wrap. Time to wrap things up. Just looking at the cricket scorecard of that uh, first test between the West Indies and Pakistan that's taking part, uh, taking place in Sabina Park, or Sabina Park rather, uh, in Jamaica. And it looks like we could be in for a bit of a, an exciting conclusion. West Indies getting dismissed for 152 in their second innings, leaving Pakistan a target of 32. You'd think uh, you'd be able to walk that, but uh, they're making heavy work at Pakistan. 10 for the loss of 2. So, uh, yeah, that could be a very exciting finish. Uh, and the IPL match, uh, no play possible yet because of rain. That between the Royal Challengers, Bangalore, and the Sunrisers, Hyderabad. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, please do reach out. You can uh, send us an email to sport at safm.co.za. Uh, you can pop the executive uh, producer an email. Or if you'd like, you can uh, touch base on social media across the various platforms. Just search for at SAFM Radio or you you can uh, touch base with me personally. My handle is at Big Brad Brown. I love hearing from you. Any questions, comments, suggestions about the show, please do be in touch. Also, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning to AM Live. We'll have all the football results uh, for you. I think we're going to have some drama in the PSL tonight. Uh, it should be a cracking, cracking night of football. Top of the table clash between uh, Cape Town City and Kaiser Chiefs uh, here in Cape Town. But Vest Vitz also taking on Supersport United. So two cracking matches amongst others. Uh, Highlands Park also fighting uh, to stay up. So lots at stake tonight. We'll have all those results for you tomorrow morning. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop with Naledi Maleo. From myself, Brad Brown, and my producer this evening, Lutando Kaur. Thank you, Lutando, for all your help today. We're back again tomorrow for the Wednesday night edition. Right now it is 7 o'clock, and Greg Hose has your news.